You're listening to Triple Radio on the Fat Gatsby Network. Now we're recording. Yes. All right. It's fine now. Now it's fine. Good. One little tick box I had wrong. Yeah. All right. No, now we're good. Okay. Now we're good. Fat Gatsby's Triple Radio for August 2022. I'm Tim. It's Weiss and Dave. It's us. Here we are. We're here again. It's still August. Look at that. Little bit. Long ass month. 31 days. Gets the full allotment. Damn. Uh, Yells it. (laughs) Do you is is this an old like I I feel like you're pointing that out as as if to say like boy I feel I sure feel these 31 day months they they feel extra long as if that's like an old person thing <laughs> I I at least have felt this one but you know you I didn't you know, know how many days were in it but it felt yeah. long it it is the <laughs> countdown to the beginning of the school year so. Yeah, it's just, there's a lot going on. I'm sure <laughs> I was gonna say to make that life like miserable. Week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this coming week is is, is all, yeah. The next the next like I'm I'm the midst of my least favorite like two three weeks of the year uh, right now. So yeah, whatever. Do you actually, are there actually teachers like coming in like submitting help tickets oh, yeah. for stuff? Yep. What are, they, what are they doing coming in? It's summertime. Stay home. They're not getting paid. Dude, some they they'll start fucking showing up in July if they can. Assholes. Like, they they hustle out the door and then they're like, "Is is my room clean? I want to start setting up. I want to start getting ready. When can I get in?" And and they do. But this past week was like our new teacher orientation, and yeah, so there was that going. <laughs> and then actual teachers come back in in a couple days. All right. So yeah, lots lots of craziness, lots of insanity. Your school um, district achieved new teachers. They're there. They exist. You didn't need to hire like wives of people who were veterans 30 years ago to uh, fill out your classroom rosters, right? You, you actually got like actual certified teachers with degrees, right? I, I wasn't involved in the process, but it look, looks that way. Yeah. <laughs> funny how that works. Yeah. They got, they got teachers. Aides and bus drivers continue to be a problem. Mm, well, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But hey, it worked out for me because um, <laughs> they opened our union contract early to give us all big fat fucking raises so they could hire people at a higher rate. Oh, <laughs> so, well, that did work out for you then. It did work out well, for me. Unions then. sound good. Yeah. I get one of those. Um, Apparently <laughs> you got to work at a Starbucks. <laughs> hey, none of, them, yeah. none of them have negotiated a contract yet. I don't even think they've, any of them have started negotiations yet. But uh, yeah, lots of voting. Right. Hopefully it yeah. works out for them. Um, yeah, my camera's at a different angle now, right now. Because, <laughs> I like it better. Uh, this this so means fun. nothing to audio side of things and only for the video side. Well, it's because I got two, uh, I, I have my monitors mounted on arms now. And so oh. the, the main one is now floating higher than it used to. And the webcam does not quite reach. And I have forgotten to get an extender for it to sit higher. Uh, and that's the story. That's why that's why I'm in profile. I for one like this more cinematic look. Um I think it's it's I don't know, more natural. Like if mm. we were in a room together, I would not literally be like sitting facing you straight on. 
I just I, require something in that negative space. Yeah. It's dark now. You have to change that. that yeah, you need some ba- You need to balance the frame. Yeah. Up, up Perfect. Just keep your hand yeah. there. I'll just turn it <laughs> more that way. That's more on me and less up there. And it's all good. That's fine. Yeah, we're all nerds. We just want to look at your shelves. That's I just all. need yeah, a key light over cool. there. Is the th- I just need a, a, a fill light. I just need a fill light. Yeah, how's it going? What's everybody been doing? Oh man! <laughs> oh god! I'm 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 in I'm in not filming hell. It's all good stuff. But um, <laughs> right right on the weekend where it is it is the Buffalo Forty Eight Hour Film Festival, which is always a good time uh, and and fun. And I I get to work with a great team, and we do that. And right in the middle of all of this, um, my my young aspiring ten year old actress. Uh, got an opportunity to uh, to shoot a commercial that's going to be aired uh, statewide for a, a tourism campaign. I love I love New York. I love New York. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, am I the only one that remembers that? That jingle will never leave my head. Like so many. No. Okay. I it's know just the me. Phrase. I mean, um, I get the con- yeah, the concept. I understand it. Yeah. 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 It's commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Commercials were a thing. That existed. Yeah. So, um, but it's been, uh, it, it's, it's also a union commercial, which means now is the time where I have to like actually file like child mm-hmm. protection paperwork to make sure that I'm not stealing her earnings, which involves like having a lawyer set up a legal trust, which is a bank account that I can't access that the money get a portion of the money gets deposited. And that is a whole huge thing and the production company keeps changing the schedule before the shoot date and like things are so up in the air and it's a little nuts uh to to do on top of on on top of (laughs) filming a short film in 48 hours so it's been it's been it's been a lot and we haven't even shot this it's not until wednesday wednesday she's gonna yeah she's missing a school event wednesday night to go do it and she's bummed about that because she wanted it to work out so that she would only be late to the event so that people would ask her, why are you late? And she'd get to say, well, I was shooting a commercial. <laughs> and now she's not going to get to do that. And so, oh, you got to bring her well. back down to earth. My God. Yeah. This kid. The head yeah. on her. Um, we, <laughs> she, she, I took her to the 48-hour film festival shoot so she is also in the movie and on the way home we've been listening to some of uh we, we've been listening to some conan o'brien needs a friend i've been sharing some of that podcast with her because it, it's nearly every episode i have happened to catch has been like mostly pretty kid friendly um <laughs> did you listen to one that was not a celebrity no no it was nicole byer the comedian who's the oh, host of nailed it the cake show <laughs> i stopped it before this <laughs> oh man so many dicks just so many just dicks 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 all the time dicks and titties and lots of just very adult situations from my from the host of the cake show that i did not know i told jan about it and she was like oh yeah oh her twitter account is x-rated it's filthy i'm like damn it i didn't know she's so winsome and and she is she's the most fun and happy winsome person but like I guess she also hosts like a dating, like a sex show. So, without kids, I forget that there's a difference of swearing and not. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Until it's 
Yeah, no, I, in this case, like, like she knows the swear words by now, and she's also sure. old enough that I can be like, look, you're interested in comedy. I want to show you the good stuff. There's going to be some swear words. But this was like very graphic depictions of sex acts that I'm yeah. not prepared yeah. to have conversations with her about. And mm -hmm. like I'm driving well, and like trying to hit the fifth, the, the like, no, fast forward, fast forward, come to the fifth, skip 15 seconds ahead. That's not enough. They're still talking about it. <laughs> Well, she specifically has a sex advice podcast. Like, yeah, I know that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, my child, uh, we were he we the, an ad came on uh, Spotify for uh, Beast, that movie with Idris Elba and a giant lion. Mm, and he was yeah. like, I want to go see that movie because I want to <laughs> be scared. And I'm like. Mm, I don't know if that's where we should start with you, bud. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we should start with some other, like... Something the, better. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if it's bad, but... Yeah, yeah. That lion looks <laughs> bad. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. But I was like, you know, there's probably some stuff we could, you know, watch in the home um, that, uh, yeah. That's a little get spooky. We, we did watch, he, he didn't quite remember until I showed him the trailer. We watched Crawl, that movie with a giant alligator in someone's flooded Florida basement uh, a couple crawl, years ago. Not Crawl. Not Crawl with the three no, prongs. No, not Crawl. Crawl. <laughs> like I'm crawling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another big CG monster movie. <laughs> crawl. Yes. Oh, different yeah. thing. Um, anyway, so I ended up sitting and watching Predator with him. Uh, <laughs> it is how nice. that went. Um, which, you know, again, like, you know, he, he knows all the naughty words, yeah. uh, at this point. Um, so no, a bitch. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, during, during the movie, there's obviously a lot of points where I had to be like, okay, those, you know, we don't use those words that Jesse Ventura just, just uttered, um, having to explain tobacco to him <laughs> also during the movie. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. But. Overall, like he loved that movie. <laughs> he thought it was so freaking cool, because uh, it is. And the the predator still looks incredible. Yeah. Uh, for that. Um, no, not to jump ahead, but did you see Prey yet? Oh, I did see Prey. Yes, that this was setting up that. <laughs> this okay. was setting up that transition <laughs> to talk about Prey. Um, nice. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I I, I also liked Prey. Uh, uh, which version did you watch? I started it in English and then switched to Comanche. Uh, oh, you nice. can! Wow, I did not yep. know that. Yeah, I yeah. only watched it in Comanche. Yeah, well, it, it's weird because it's it's on Hulu. This is something that released just straight to Hulu. Um, yeah, annoyingly. <laughs> and well, the thing is that, like, you know, I got a little bit into the movie and I was like, oh right, there's a Comanche version. Let me just switch over the the. You know, and the subtitle track or the yeah the vocal track, but no, it's a completely different listing yeah. on Hulu because they filmed some of the scenes in Comanche, so it's different yeah. video. It's not just different audio. And they had everyone come back to dub their own lines in Comanche, apparently. Wow, yeah, which was interesting. Yeah, well, from I I'm sure you got a little of it, but from friends that had watched the version that's in English. They said, like, it was so distracting whenever because, like, it keeps going between English and Comanche anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like making kind of no sense in a weird way. Mm -hmm. And eventually there's like people that shouldn't know English or Comanche and just talking back and forth. So I don't know. Like I had 
no problem immediately putting it on and following yeah. in the Comanche. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, yeah. Some, some of the scenes are dubbed in Comanche, but some are actually spoken in Comanche and were filmed that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that is you know, the way to watch the movie. Um, I think for sure. Yeah. It, it is I weird when subtitles just... off. Yeah. You can, I didn't even know her name or the dog's name. Oh, uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> like there's the only thing, like there's a couple, like, two-person scenes that go on longer than a movie without subtitles would normally do Mm. where i'm just sort of like oh they're sitting down and explaining shit okay well whatever but otherwise yeah it it does a good job on visual storytelling that's Mm. really cool those the predator the the predator movies are movies that i have never actually seen in their entirety as an adult i have only seen them Mm -hmm. in pieces as a child when they happened to be on, on television TV. at someone yep. else's house mostly yeah. so constant tbs uh mm-hmm. wpxi or pix movie yeah it's that feeling first... you're watching the movie and you're like oh there's about to be a commercial and then there isn't because <laughs> <laughs> that's specific like i i rewatched some of predator 2 and that movie was so on tv all the time you're just kind of waiting for commercials uh yeah yeah, so you dug? Yeah, no, oh yeah, just, just you know, it's the same when Didn't Hurt Prey, it's a, you know, Predator movie, prequel, mm-hmm. prequel movie that happens, you know, in yeah. early oh, colonial America, yeah. I got to tell Steve there's a new Predator movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, have you seen this? And he's like, seen what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't hear anything about it till it was out on Hulu, and I was just wow. like, yeah. yeah. I, I I mean I thought it was going to be based on the video game, uh, right? Well, that was my first instinct too. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's not. But yeah, that ended up being a a real, real good movie in pretty much every way. Just looks yeah. real nice and good. And the story, boy watched that with you as well. He has not watched that yet. All right, uh, I will watch that. that one might be, well, I don't know. I guess that's your discretion. No, I, was like, I think score. No, no, Predator 1 is definitely gorier than Prey is. Like, holy crap. Um, like, well, just like one of the first things in the movie is, is coming across like those bodies that oh. have been skinned. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Forgot yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, it was, because uh, uh, I, I hadn't seen 10 Cloverfield Lane yet, but Prey was from Dan Trachtenberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are his only two movies at this yeah, point. Wow. So I went back and saw that one. Which, uh, way better than the 15 minutes of Cloverfield that I walked out of afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember liking 10 Cloverfield Lane mm-hmm. uh, when it came out. And and Prey was also quite good. Uh, yeah, I was I was very happy with the balance of like smart adventure stuff and then just like you know, little kid wrote the coolest thing a predator could do action sequences, you mm-hmm. know, kind of yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> now, like watching that movie, like the predator does kind of feel like an asshole. Like you just got like mm-hmm. all these, like adv- this advanced technology you're using. Uh, and, like you are a real shit bird, dude. You're invisible. <laughs> no one can see you at all. Come on. Yeah. Man, this is not fair. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that was me reading in, but I felt like that was part of her advantage in that movie was like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy showed up and he's a cocky asshole. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's sort yeah, of like, for sure. I'm going to 
fucking wreck everybody. Just just everybody underestimating her in in general. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. and that mm-hmm. that movie play. I mean, I already talked about Primal on here. I think last month the Tartakovsky cartoon, mm-hmm. but like. I immediately watched the newest episode, like right after Prey, and like those two are. If you want that vibe, that's that vibe. Nice. <laughs> you know. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. No. The uh, yeah. The the TV show I saw this month because uh, I only ever have time for one at a time was was watching <laughs> Sandman with Lauren, ah. which I haven't even finished yet. But ah. I've enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I have no frame of reference for this. I actually never read the graphic novel, so. Same. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had I had that like knee jerk reaction during college where like everybody was recommending Sandman and mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I'll give it some time and I'll get to it. The covers are very pretty. And yeah. No, show is good. David Thewlis is so good in there. Mm-hmm. Like when he showed up in episode like three. Mm-hmm. But he's wonderful really in everything. Liked, I know. He's he is having a moment. <laughs> And yeah. uh, like Jenna Coleman, uh, who she played around three to five as well. <laughs> Leave that spoiler free. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've been enjoying the show. Uh, and I like how they dropped like a bonus episode after it was already out for yeah, like a yeah. couple of weeks. That's a cool thing. Every uh, TV show should give you a bonus cartoon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw some comment today and you know it's a debate that comes up is just like you know traditional release tv release schedule versus like the netflix drop a season on a day you know yeah. binging format and like what is better Which and netflix more enjoyable at this point for the most part yeah a lot well in a lot of cases they've they've eased back a lot mm-hmm. they mix it up more at least at yeah. the very least yeah mm-hmm. and yeah, and like, what are the advantages, you know, between the two of them? And just, I don't remember what show it was specifically that was being referenced. Um, might have been something about like Stranger Things, though. I don't think that's what it was. It just like how when you have a show that releases over months, like people are talking about it for months. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when you have yep. a show that drops on a weekend, people will talk about it for about a week and then it's on to the next thing. Uh, yeah. And it will. A couple months ago, it was people talking about specifically like the running up that hill scene in Stranger Things 4 and how, you know, if everybody had watched that episode at once at the same time, that's all anyone would have been talking about the next day was that scene. But everyone was kind of in a quiet, uh, you know, standoff because nobody knew who had watched what yet. So it took like a few weeks before it was like, oh, okay, you probably saw this and now it's getting popular. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, Yeah, which is nice for me. So people aren't talking about shit online which is Mm -hmm. nice (laughs) well i mean i think that's an important distinction is that 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 question of is it better to release something all at once or or piecemeal is really not it's really not a storytelling decision in any Mm -hmm. way you know it it is it's a marketing decision you know it's it's how much uh, of the zeitgeist do you want i guess there there's a cultural thing around it where like do you want people to this to be the thing people are talking about the next day. But I, I, I think that's something you have to kind of bank on. Like, is this the kind of property that is known? Like, is this, is this better call Saul, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, you know, yes. that that's kind of got to have, that's still a show that's because it's kind of a legacy show from a bygone era. Now <laughs> it's got that water cooler I mean, like talk this, cachet. 
I mean, this feels like kind of an old debate at this point, because I don't know the advantages of dropping everything all at once anymore. Like Mm -hmm. Max was kind of showing the advantages with Game of Thrones. I feel like that was where everyone was having the ah, people talk about this when they're when they're dropping week to week Mm. because they're like, oh, people are talking about Game of Thrones and whatever Netflix, you know, dropped and then canceled after a second season was like gone immediately (laughs) sort of thing. And also, apparently you guys aren't watching Game of Thrones, is it? Neither am I. But I'm just sort of like, oh, we're recording on a Sunday night. I feel like that's what people are doing now. Yeah, that's what my parents are doing right now. Um, But I, I, boy, after I I didn't watch the pilot, after seeing my peers' reactions to the pilot, I was like, I don't think I care about this. Yeah, uh, most people send a positive to me, but I still don't care. I, I saw everybody in my echo chamber was like, that was a piece of shit. Uh, ah, yeah. Yeah. I have heard. Like I, I, I saw good critical reactions, but again, the, the people in my <laughs> circle, the people whose opinions I would trust personally were like, yeah. Mm-mm. what was Mm-mm about it? Well, I know specifically there's, it's just like more game of Thrones misogyny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doubling down on that shit. Mm hmm. That's yeah. about and just yeah, that that was the one specific critique I remember. But you know, someone it was said just unlikable kind of... characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, even yeah. even the original, even the, that original cast of characters where they had their problems, but they gave you people to root for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, my pers- like, I'm so happy I dropped off after season five, and I was just sort of like. I like where this was, and I don't feel like I need to watch the last two seasons. Yeah, it was. I don't, <laughs> then I dropped off in like season four. I don't know. It was whenever like the Sansa Stark rape scene came up that my wife was like, "Nope, I'm done. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, good yeah. on this show." That might have been in four, but I don't remember. So it was like, yeah, I, I missed out on the last couple and and leading up to the end. Right. Uh, yeah. I I don't mean for this to be this doesn't have to be a pivot right now necessarily, but I I, I do see um, a uh, some significance to the, the the question about releasing things all at once versus releasing things piecemeal is particularly relevant to uh, Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal, ah. which I just finished because all of the online discourse, at least the critically led discourse has been dictated by the fact that critics were given the first five episodes, but not the sixth and final episode. Oh, right. Yeah. So all of the critical conversation happening around it was knowledge of those first five without necessarily knowing where he was going with this bizarre experiment. Um, So good. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was... I. I do not remember the last time I saw something on television where like every five minutes I was just turning to Jan with my jaw open and going like, <laughs> what the fuck? What? Well, that's, that's what I wanted Jan to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she loved it. Oh, she loved it too. Oh. Yes. Thank you for, thank you for oh. telling us to watch it. Of course. No, uh, just very quickly. Like what I, one of the things I really liked about WandaVision was that it was the show that it coming out week to week was thematic. Like that seemed to play mm. into exactly what the show was doing. Excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. Like that can't happen and nor did it happen on purpose. <laughs> I'm sure. But mm-hmm. 
it did add to my enjoyment on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, even for, for like streaming. Well, sorry. I was going to say even for streaming companies, it's like, oh, wait, if we drop six episodes over the course of a month and a half, people have to subscribe for two months. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> mm-hmm. God. I don't even want to start us on the, the Warner Brothers Discovery thing. Oh, really my God. God. Oh. Go, to, go to the internet. It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, rehearsal renewed for season two. Don't know what he's going to do. Uh, I'm. Yeah, no, it's week to week. I haven't had a show like one. I've. I've I don't know. It feels like the only show that actually is a reality show, even though it's telling you where it's lying in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> no reality show I watch ever feels real. <laughs> so it actually surprising me was very, very nice. Well, not that I uh, honestly, I, I cannot remember the last time I watched any anything that you would call reality TV. Yeah. And so but it is, uh, you know, with the. That's exactly what you said. You know, I think we all presume that most reality TV, we we are all aware of the degree to which everything is staged. So to watch something that makes you constantly question what you're seeing, Mm -hmm. something that forces you to go like, wait, did that really happen or no? Did they stage that? That would have been too hard to stage. They couldn't have staged that. That would have been impossible (laughs) to predict. But like, how could that be real? No. And it has that like, Kind of that jackass quality in that vein where you're like, they couldn't have staged this. Like, how did they set that up? And then he shows you, well, because HBO wrote me a giant check. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's, that's how we did this. We just moved the set. That's how we did it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the rare water cooler show that I could actually like talk to coworkers about where I'm like watching it week to week too, where it's just sort of like, what is going to happen? I want to, you know, dive into this. It's like a vice article with Robin here, (laughs) you know, which you should read, which is astounding. Uh, (laughs) A vice. Wait, wait. Yeah. There's an article. So Robin, who was uh, the fellow. uh, Oh, the the vice article with. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's an article that seems like he wants to clear his name a little, and then he doubles down on how um, how Robin he is by the end. <laughs> uh, just say that. Yeah, no, this, um, this I mean, I this I is watch a, that show at some point. What, that's no one else in my orbit really is. I'm watching it because mm-hmm. Weiss told mm-hmm. me to, and um, <laughs> it's it's you. something I would have gotten around to eventually because, like, I liked <laughs> Nathan for You, but it's not something that I would a a Nathan for You style show isn't necessarily something I would like prioritize over other things. But yes, I'm glad you right. told me to watch it because this is so wholly <laughs> unique and this is some it's it's the mind fuckery is and i i did not know see there's so much i didn't know i didn't know about that that apparently he really has a bit of an obsession with magic and magicianship and like i forgot about that (laughs) yeah yeah that that he's he's got a there's there's this thing to him that he wants to pull off a trick and he doesn't want to show you how he's doing it and he wants to make you second (laughs) guess whether what you're seeing is real and yeah did you see? Uh, have you seen the finale to Nathan for you by chance? No, Finding Francis? no. 
I would recommend that because that's kind of your halfway between Nathan oh, really? and the rehearsal. Yeah, it it rules. It's basically that's... like so you're watching Nathan for you week to week, whatever. You know the show. Like it's it's good. And then the finale is a 90 minute Robert Altman movie, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't advertise it much. Sold. It's yeah. Um yeah, and and it's been said a lot, but the the closest thing you can compare the rehearsal to is like a Charlie Kaufman movie. Like it feels, yeah, yeah <laughs> like that kind of thing, for better or worse. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, it, for yeah, I mean for 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 much better, I think because <laughs> it is. Oh my god! I yeah, <laughs> you can't talk about it without talking around it very circumspectly, mm-hmm. and and it's yeah, Tim, you should watch this. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's just I I yeah. well, it's like you don't have to like twist my yeah. arm. It's just no, I, only, I like to watch so many things. There's um, more good TV. I mean, there's more good content, however you want, you know, mm-hmm. let's say art, because I, <laughs> yeah. I like right now than like ever. Like I'm yeah. watching so many shows. It's it's right impossible now. to keep up with. It's like, you know, I yeah enjoy watching the Marvel shows in spite of it being overwhelming. And it's like I have seen one episode of Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I and that was the last thing I saw. <laughs> like yeah. I haven't seen any of She-Hulk yet. I didn't see the rest of his Marvel, and I I just got to sit down and bang it out at at some point. It's just mm-hmm. hasn't yeah. been happening. Yeah, and but I think like, that's that might be like one of the advantage of Marvel and the thing I shrink at a little bit because like you feel overwhelmed and you're like, well, if I can watch one thing, I might as well catch up on the Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're going to go to, like, that comfort, like, super quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's also that Disney Plus is not blocked at my work, so it makes it really easy to watch <laughs> stuff on there. They block the other stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, that is – that my work yeah. would shut down. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Well, it's, you know – technically illegal um uh, to uh to and, and yeah pe- no teachers ask us all the time like can you unblock netflix can you unblock hulu can you unblock uh, amazon seems to get around it a lot because their <laughs> servers keep changing <laughs> but like yeah it's a constant battle it's like no you are not licensed like anytime oh, somebody right. rolls a you know rolled a tv in to a classroom and started playing a movie that is not legal right um because it, it is a public, it has then become a public display of the movie and is, is therefore not legal. And of course, there's only one company that would actually go after a public school over this. And yep, yep. <laughs> Weiss knows it's Disney. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that actually happened in New York. Um, I don't remember what exactly the movie was, but that that is like, you know, the boogeyman story that when when you ask uh, people about you know media law in in the school circle they'll be like well there was a school that had a lawsuit brought against them by disney for showing a movie in school that they shouldn't have just uh, to draw more analogies between disney and nintendo like it's mm-hmm. just constant <laughs> yeah and Apple. but um yeah that's that's the one thing that i can i can get at uh so mm-hmm. it's that, yeah. that's how i watched all of uh, uh the fucking beatles thing oh, get yeah. back I had that on the background while I was doing stuff at work. So now it's not really a have things on the background time of year at work. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I'm even <laughs> sitting at my desk, but at some point, you know, it, it goes pretty quick once I can actually sit down and run it and pay semi attention while I'm working. I've, uh, my, I've been sorry. You guys go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I guess mine quick. Like we're not going to touch the WB stuff, but like once they 
the day that they axed all those cartoons, like my background at work has now kind of been OKKO and Infinity Train because both those shows are great. If you mm. and uh, at least OKKO is still on Hulu. I think Infinity Train is floating around somewhere, but a lot of those other shows, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, things just starting to vaporize into the ether. Uh, physical media. <laughs> physical media, <laughs> please. <laughs> God, that. I know, like, just put them on physical media first. Like, that's, yeah. that's kind of the hard thing about this era. There's so many shows that, like, why would they now? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even uh, the, even if you can't swing physical physical media for physical. whatever reason, physical media, uh, you know, you're <laughs> you, you, can't, you know, even if that sort of distribution is beyond your reach, you, you would think now that it would be there would be far less barriers to at the very least getting your content on a paid digital distribution service mm. like iTunes or Amazon Prime Video and I'm astonished that so many mm. of these shows are just literally not available in that way either well that for the HBO thing that is specifically part of the fuckery like it's right. they, yeah. they need that for the rebates and all that shit yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're just writing off content yep. for for tax purposes as, yeah. as part well, of this merger thing and also like they were what two billion in debt and then now they're like 20 but like between that friday that they axed all that stuff and that monday they lost like i want to say 20 billion in like stock sort of thing but <laughs> <I can't. laughs> <So whatever. laughs> um yeah i guess I don't have a run through quickly. Like Reservation Dogs is killing it this season. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's like, I know. I know. That's the thing. <laughs> like that's one of one of the best shows that's on right now. It just doesn't get like a lot of advertising. I think people are like, you you can't put Tyka's name on it right now because he's got like four things, and mm. people are like sick of that, and they're just gonna you know you're gonna watch what yeah. we do in the shadows or Thor, at this point. Uh, but yeah, that show is just steadily very, very good. Uh, Harley Quinn second season mm. also good. That's running right now. Uh, and I caught the first half of that He Man show on Netflix. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, that show. Yeah, I yeah. I got to finish that. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed that yep. as well. Um, I, I enjoyed Smith's, right, not the one that's aimed at younger yeah, audiences. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. This this is the one that instantly you know pissed off a bunch of chuds on the right. internet because it's about it's about girls oh. it's not centered on he-man <laughs> yeah. old girls oh my god he-man are they yeah yeah i gotta I, finish I, watching it i've really enjoyed I, i've watched like the first yeah. seven episodes i watched the first couple episodes of the second half nice i think yeah i think there there's a sense of I guess what makes this one different feels like he was going more off of the artwork and the toys than the mm -hmm. original cartoon. It feels like he was kind of like looking at those, getting inspired by like those vehicles and going like, oh, what would that do versus <laughs> this is canon, which I thought was a cool way to go about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it, I think it's just a good thing that they just kind of eliminated Skeletor and He-Man right off the rip. Just like, yeah. okay, we're going to focus on every other character in this universe for a while. Uh, yep. It, it makes it feel bigger. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it, the, the thing was never called He-Man. It was called Masters of the Universe. Right. Uh, well, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and then the canon movie had yes. to be Masters of the Universe. Yes. yes <laughs> Probably yes, legally. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but technically, yeah. it's Masters right. of the Universe. So, you know, it's about yeah. a group of characters, not just not just the one guy. But just everyone refers to it as He-Man, you know. Right. For sure. <laughs> the you know, we all loved it just because of He-Man, the only toy we ever got from that series. Yeah, never bought any other toys besides no. He-Man and like <laughs> the most boring toy in the series, like didn't have a yeah. spring-loaded hand or a snake head or whatever. <laughs> it wasn't made of moss. Uh, doesn't smell like a skunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't using my mom's perfume to make it smell like a skunk. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tony Todd's voice for um, who who is the ghostly skeleton fellow? I never remember. Oh, the name shit. Of. I don't. Yeah, yeah I yeah. can't remember. Villain in the first half. But mm-hmm. God, he has a good voice. It's just a beautiful voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a, the end of my TV. Like I've I finally started Yellow Jackets. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about that. I love it. It's really good. (laughs) It's uh, hard. So it's like, so it's Karen Kasama is producing and directed the pilot, and she's a horror director that did like movies like The Invitation, um, Mm. sort of thing. Um, And all I really knew going into this was that the movie kind of deals with trauma, and it's got Christina Ricci. And I'm like, okay, people have been talking about this this show for a while. Um, the show's kind of put together like it or Stand By Me in that you're splitting time between the kids and the adult versions of that same, like, character per show. Um, and the show's just about, like, uh, this is all in, like, the first, like, five minutes of the pilot of, of just, like, a kid's soccer team goes down in a plane crash and apparently, you know, like some of them survive because we're spending time with them. And then we're going back and forth just seeing like what happened in that wilderness versus like them dealing with it now sort of thing. Um, but yeah, performances are fucking real good. It's it's definitely not like I say it's it's a show that deals with trauma, but it isn't like drenched in like sorrow. It's it's just dealing with it in an honest way that uh is working it does it, it's not like sad you know <laughs> sort of. it's you're, it, you're still very much enjoying the the 90s nostalgia for the kids as well as kind of putting the pieces together with the adults i mean it's more harrowing than sad yeah that, i think that's a good word um, yeah. yes, I, I, I also watched the pilot and, uh, and oh. really liked it. I, I think I would describe it as a, a little schlocky in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say a lot of, a lot of stuff I watched falls into that. So yeah, I can't yeah. deny that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't enough to keep Jan watching, unfortunately, but I do kind of want to get mm-hmm. back to it for the next like three weeks or so that I still have a Showtime subscription. I got the month for that and what the hell else was on there oh after yang which was good oh yeah i don't, oh, have, I gotta I don't see have that. much to say about it but i enjoyed it it, it was just like sci-fi drama with a uh, uh, colin farrell that's exactly you know <laughs> it's a good time all right but yellow jacket has been really grabbing i mean like even just like 
throwback nostalgia show with Christina Ricci and uh, um, oh, I can never remember her name from Natural Born Killers. Um, oh yeah, sitting. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't sitting think of her name right now either. Other. Oh, that's gonna drive me crazy. I'll get it. To something else. It starts with J. <laughs> it's not Jennifer Jason Lee because that's what my brain always does. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's just working, and that's uh yeah. I'll just wrap up TV on that. <laughs> I'm digging. I'm like halfway through. That's my main show right now. I think. Yeah. Um, I've been trying yeah. to the the other subscription I've been trying to burn through while I still have it is Paramount Plus. Uh, so after finishing Strange New Worlds, I decided, right. um, I, I, you know what? I need more Captain Pike in my life. I'm going to go back to Discovery Season 2. And oh, I tried okay. to go on the internet and be like, all right, so he was in like what? three, Like a three, four episode arc at some point in Season 2? I'll just watch those. And I'm like, no, it's oh, the whole Juliet damn Lewis. season. Juliet, Juliet Lewis. Lewis. That was Zero yes. in the chat. Thank you. Thank you, Zero. <laughs> nice. um, yeah, so, uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think I can, I could not bring myself to watch a full season. I looked around for lists of like, wh- what are, what is the critical path I need to see to fully Maybe appreciate Pike's story? Three? What? Maybe skip to season three. I heard three was better at least, but I, I don't know. So, well, I'm really only interested in Pike. I'm, I'm only, I, I'm, I'm here for Pike and Pike and Spock. Really? That's, that's the only reason yeah. I'm here. Um, and it's, it's funny because he comes on and instantly I'm like, oh, this is why people liked season two so much better than season one because of Anson Mount. He's the best substitute teacher ever. He comes in and he's all like, hey, everybody, I'm super chill. Hey, tell me all your names. Don't bother with your ranks. Your ranks don't matter to me. I love you equally. Like, he's just <laughs> the coolest guy. He's like, um, the, uh, that other guy was mean to you. I'm not going to be that guy. And you're like, yes, just cradle me in your mountain man arms, Anson Mount. He's weekend dad. He's, <laughs> he really is. Um, I mean, they they had to, I mean, I didn't see the pivot, but I feel like that's what they, they had to do tonally after. Because the first season, I mean, it didn't work completely but i saw what they were going for in the whole season kind of feeling like the pilot going from like we're gonna start as dark as we can this is a, you know this is gonna mm-hmm. be dark and gritty and then by the end we're trying to find like the light the the you know like the spark of the hope that is star trek sort of thing um did that work that's up to you <laughs> but i, th- I think it could if it wasn't for akiva goldsman fucking shooting himself in the foot with his shit dialogue like i again so it's been it's been a long time since i sat down with discovery season one and it's a situation where like i think all these actors are doing the best damn job that they can some of them are even like you know the the ones that get sort of halfway naturalistic dialogue like adam rath as the engineer and, and tilly whoever her actress is like you know, they're doing some real good stuff there. Even so is Sonequa Martin-Green with what she's given. Um, but so often... She had the shortest end of the stick, I think. Oh, boy. She is like... I can see that she is just a, a fiercely talented performer who is just, like, slumming it in... Yeah. 
what what I felt for her is like we've probably all been in shows or improv scenes where like the hardest part is the protagonist like trying to like have a character as well as like lead the plot and I feel like the writers were having that same issue where they're like everybody else is so interesting and making all these moves and they're like what do we do with her <laughs> what do we do with this captain I, uh, it, it is <laughs> well it, it, in <laughs> to improv that uh yes yeah. and <laughs> some, and some, most, so many other characters too. Um, I think that is particularly challenged, challenging with a protagonist. Uh, but I think that's the same flaw. The way in which they are screwing that up extends to so many other aspects of the show. And for me, it is that they are writing toward particular cool things they want to see on screen instead mm. of writing characters with an inner life who act according to human logic they whether yeah. whether it's a cool special effect that they just want to see like hey let's take a drawing that you can pluck up with your fingertips and throw into the air like it doesn't make <laughs> any goddamn sense and it doesn't make any sense why that would be the thing that like leads to the next clue to find out where spock went it right. makes no goddamn sense but it looks cool so akiva goldman wanted to do it and so well, much of the dialogue like sounds cool because he wanted yeah. someone to say something that sounds cool I want to put this back to back with Yellow Jackets because I was thinking about because they're both technically mystery box shows. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think Akiva, whether you want to like, I feel like I've always been quick to just say JJ, but it's always JJ's three writers, right? It's Kiva, uh, Lindelof and the other one, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the other one is, whenever those three get together, it's. And that's something that I got out of the first two Trek movies a lot, where it was hmm. maybe not like a cool thing, but it's either a cool thing or a cool plot moment. And he, they're always so guilty of like throwing that aside when we go to the next scene, where it's just like we built to this thing and that doesn't carry the momentum. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you just I saw like, has no weight. Yes. Because it's, it's it's just gone. It, yep. It's still in that, like scene that you just left, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way like, to put it. Like uh, Yellow Jackets is doing the thing that uh, I think it was like an Alex Hirsch quote from like Gravity Falls that was like, you know, as you can do a mystery box show as long as like that's not why you're walk watching. Like if the show's working and you have a mystery box thing cool but like the show has to do its job first yeah and discovery isn't and yellow jackets is yeah yeah severance did that really well i've heard yeah get into that yeah oh good god oh good god yeah apple plus you can't share the fucking passwords so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one i haven't gotten to anything on apple plus i aside from the first season of central park i really haven't seen yet mm. um chile uh, yeah, it's been a while since the finale of Strange New Worlds, but I, I liked it. I understand why people have problems with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it, <laughs> it had so much, uh, that I was enjoying that I could let go the things that I kind of eye rolled for a second. Oh, me too. On... For the on balance, yeah. there was more I liked than I didn't. Mm-hmm. 
It's just the things I didn't like were so big and important <laughs> See, that's, and vital that's... and will be ongoing and will continue and will return. <laughs> See, and that's the, I don't know, like, <laughs> I think I was enjoying, uh, there was, there was a certain campiness to it that if, like, because that, a lot of those, you know, like referential stuff when that showed up in, say, Picard, those eye rolls were much larger for well, me. Well, yeah, it, yeah. Enough that I would not get to season two sort of thing. Well, I think that there is some safe distance now. Like when you are effectively <laughs> remaking what arguably one of the original series best, most critically beloved episodes, yeah. uh, that th- could be a danger point. But also it's 50 goddamn years at the old at this point. So mm. I think it's safer territory. It's it's less visceral, I think, than revisiting the things that Picard explicit like P- when yeah. Picard does it, it feels <laughs> exploitive. But when this does. Right. It feels a lot like, you know what? Who else has done that? No one else is going to bother to remake Balance of Terror. Why not? Yeah, it felt closer to uh, the DS9 Trouble with Fribbles than anything else. And honorific, yeah. Honorific, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just like having the fucking cool lighting on the eyes. Like, do it more. (laughs) Just purposeful lighting. My gosh. You don't see it in TV. (laughs) I did. I did read someone say that the um, the, the only it, they they wrote it almost as if they wished they said it in a bad way, like like they missed an opportunity to really lampshade this by casting um, James Frain, who is playing Spock's father, Sarek, in this continuity as the Romulan commander. Uh, to uh, parallel the uh, fact that I, the same actor yeah. played Sarek and the Romulan <laughs> commander in the original series. Um, that yes. would have been cool. I, I would have delighted in that. That would have been the sort of a deep. Yeah. I love the guy they cast, though. I thought that guy was. I thought he was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, you yeah. know, I tell you, the, the, the particular sense of early 60s gravitas is not something that modern actors can capture easily Mm -hmm. and and yeah Yeah. he just sort of fit that perfectly it was yeah no it was great yeah it's i don't know had have had discussions lately about like if my hope is that we're pivoting a little bit away from irony into earnest in stuff just in movies and tv just in general uh like you're Make it, you know, I, Marvel is not, Marvel is definitely like (laughs) of (laughs) right now, but I've definitely seen a lot of, uh, and and I feel like Strange New World succeeds because of that. Like they're not undercutting themselves with any of that stuff. They're not making a joke of it. They're not looking at the camera. Like they went, they went further than I would have expected without letting themselves like point out that this is a joke sort of thing. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And they nailed it. And that's why, mm-hmm. like, I, beyond all belief, man, <laughs> I, I think it might be one of my favorite Star Trek series. Same. I know. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> I know. I don't know how I, I fucking did it. Five minutes before watching that show, I would not have said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a miracle. Yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know. I've only got a couple movies. Do we want to do that? Pivot to that and then go I'm, to games? I'm ready. That we're doing? Cool. If you are, uh, What are we going to talk about, Weiss? Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I've got Inuo. Oh, is... that's the yeah. I almost went to see that. Oh, what is yeah. that? Uh, this is an anime uh, from a director called Yuasa, who has been very prolific in ways that me, as someone who hasn't been watching anime the way I used to, mm. uh, didn't quite. And I, I've been catching up on him. Uh, you might remember from years ago, there was a short uh, called Kick Heart uh that play it played on adult swim a little bit uh was crowdfunded but it was about this wrestler who was just wrestling to kind of make money for uh like some orphan sort of thing but it's just Hmm. visually insane uh it's just the artistry behind it's just like a 12 minute like short that really like grabbed my attention Hmm. uh since then he's done uh, movies like Mind Game. Uh, he did Devil Man Cry Baby on Netflix. Uh, it's just a very visually inventive uh, director. So, so this is a rock opera, uh, classic, uh, like 1800s Japan retelling of a story, uh, like of a real historical, or it's. Yeah, it is a real historical figure that, whose tales I'm sure have been fictionalized through the years. Okay. Uh, Anime Hamilton is what you're describing to me. Yeah, but better researched. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 very good. Like it's, I uh, I know his style as being just like fucking crazy. So I was just sort of like, okay, this movie's gonna be just like off the walls, mm-hmm. and it starts out wonderfully quiet (laughs) like it lulls you in for a good like 20 30 minutes before going pretty crazy but this slaps you across the face with its dick i'm sorry i didn't mean to go that far that was hard that that went too hard on that nicole byers uh it's it's the most narratively comprehensive of his work that i've seen um in that it's it's actually like telling an A to B kind of story. Okay. Uh, I found it delightful. Yeah, it's one of my one of my favorites of the year. It's awesome. it's kind of hard to describe because so much of it is just the way that it's told. Because he's because he's been doing really good stuff for a decade in Japan. They trust him with enough money that he can tell this in multiple animation styles. You know, like there's. There's definitely stuff that you're going, ah, yes, a studio just trusted you to go. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, the rest cool. is just kind of watch and discover. It's cool. Um, and the other was 3,000 Years of Longing. I got oh. to see. Oh. Yeah. Uh, very good movie with no marketing, uh, kind of <laughs> what we were saying with Prey. Uh, George Miller got to make a secret genie movie. Uh <laughs> He made Fury Road in 2015. Everyone went nuts for. You could advertise any movie ever off of the guy that made Fury Road. Uh, <laughs> they they put together a, a trailer I really, really like. Didn't play it anywhere. Uh, the trailer <laughs> doesn't reflect the movie at all. It's just a very good trailer. <laughs> really? Okay, that's interesting. So, so the trailer is very frenetic. The, the trailer is a mm. lot of action it feels kind of like a baron munchausen uh kind of movie sure um and the movie itself kind of is i mean somewhere between like baron munchausen thousand one tales kind of thing 
but it is much more of a romantic movie with Idris Elba and, and Tilda Swinton in a room telling stories. Uh, and it's delightful. Like anytime those two are together, <laughs> it, it, you're just very compelled with the way uh, that it's being told. And it, it's a movie you don't really see being made theatrically anymore. Like, uh, I guess similar to you also with Inuo, like it, you needed a director with clout to get this made. Like this would have gone straight to streaming anywhere else. Like if it mm-hmm. was not George sort of thing. Um, but there's still, you know, a lot of delightful visual storytelling that works really well on the big screen. See, I feel, I, I guess I'm surprised to hear you say that you don't think it was uh, uh, marketed particularly well. I mean, maybe not accurately, but I, I feel like I've been seeing quite a lot of marketing for it, um, at least on social media. And, and I feel like uh, Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton are well-known bankable actors that will appeal to a certain Gen X demographic who are the kinds of people that would go to see a weird movie like, Oh, those are big name actors. And I want to see them in elaborate makeup in, in some big (laughs) sweeping, strange fantasy movie. They don't necessarily Mm -hmm. know who George Miller is. Um, you know, I, I, that's, I guess the thing I haven't seen, I haven't seen George Miller's name being, it's like from the director of Fury Road, because I don't think that would necessarily sell the movie to who they're trying to pitch it to. (laughs) It's what? It is. It is the start of the trailer. Oh, really? They don't say Fury Road. They they use a word that's not visionary, which I appreciate. Because, my God, <laughs> every director is so visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, uh, I mean, the it's bombing right now is why I say that. Oh, well. oh okay. Like, it's, it's doing very poorly. Like, they're, they're saying this might be one of the biggest bombs of the year, which is very sad. Wow. So you can go see okay. it for three bucks next weekend. There you go. George yeah. Miller will thank you at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I saw that's a, that, 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 that is a new thing. Uh, is like what, oh, National Cinema Day. I thought that was just MoviePass that was doing that. Okay. So I, I, I was looking at it today and, uh, yeah, just, just to kind of mm-hmm. veer into that because, you know, uh, theater attendance is still like way down uh, yeah. in the post-pandemic. Uh, people just did not pick up that habit again. Uh, it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, I think they're going to have to do what they're doing next Saturday more probably, but they, mm-hmm. they are doing, and it's not, see the way it was advertised was just to me initially, it was just like, okay, yeah, just every, every movie, every showing it's three bucks, but it's select movies. It's every oh. show those movies. Oh. So they made like a, a selection of them. So they're putting, so I think mm-hmm. 3000 years of longing was on the, the list, uh, which would make sense if it's not doing particularly mm-hmm. well. Um, and this was at like, you know, AMC's Regals, like all over the place. I looked up to see if anyone was doing it in my area and it was uh, it, like almost every theater seemed to have it going on. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Draft House is doing it as well, which is uh, unexpected on my yeah, end. They're, yeah, they're putting, you know, the latest Spider-Man back in theaters for that weekend, mm. uh, which is probably a bone to throw That's to kids because there wasn't a lot of kids movies. They're putting Jaws out for three bucks. Uh, so yeah. I might take my kid to see Jaws in IMAX. That's pretty uh, cool. Oh, are they doing Nope? Because if you could do Jaws and Nope back to back, why would someone do that? I don't know. No, I saw Nope already. Um, uh, can we talk uh, about yeah. Nope next? I want to talk about Nope last, so then we can just talk about it. Uh, All right, freely, <laughs> if the, All right. and everyone else can peace out. Um, I mean, but yeah, cool. th- there was like a, a small list of 
of movies that that were eligible for a three dollar ticket and i was like oh well maybe i'll go see i mean i would like to see jaws and imax uh, yeah. if i can get out to see yeah. it i guess it's so, not so i'll take you to go see dragon ball we'll see what happens <laughs> that's supposed to be good i was curious yeah. if you saw it yeah, I I thought about going to do that today, and then I forgot about it this morning. And instead, we went to the zoo, and we were both kind of like grumpy about it because we were tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very adversarial trip to the zoo. Not the mm. best one, but <laughs> um, well, we I guess the only thing I I I would still say about three thousand years of longing is that is that I, maybe it's just that my personal barometer for whether or not something has sort of penetrated to the mainstream is that my parents have heard of it. Which means that Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton are at least on like a talk show circuit enough to promote it that, you know, they're not going to see it. My parents are not going to a movie theater probably ever again in their lives. Um, But, you know, but but they've heard of it, at least they know that genie movie with Idris Elba. Right. I could I could see that drawing their attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think it'll do good internationally. I, I think like that's the the appeal of casting those two specifically yeah then that'll catch attention yeah i'm hopeful i mean like it's it just feels very unique to get like a weird movie like this that doesn't really play by the you know everything feels so built by the studios right now Mm -hmm. and like it's sometimes it's a failing the way the movie was put together but it's at least put together in an interesting way (laughs) you know like it doesn't feel like there's interference. It feels a little smaller than what a lot of people go to the theaters for okay. these days. Yeah. Um, intimate, I guess, would be the word. Like, even even though, like, the stories are big, it's still kind of an intimate movie. Mm. It's good. Go see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just sort of like, when I saw how little it was making, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it should be doing a little better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Tough to get people into theaters. So yeah, let's let's put a pin in Nope uh, for a little bit. All right. Uh, did, did you see any any other any other films, Dave, that you wanted to mention? I don't, I don't think so. And and TV has been Better Call Saul, no. the rehearsal, and Star Trek right. for me. So yeah, I gotta yeah. catch up on. I dropped in like season two, but. Yeah, as far as games, like I think I really only want to give love to Live Alive. Um, that's mostly what I've been playing when I have time. Um, and yeah, that game's real good. Dropped out of 25 years ago uh, onto the Switch. Uh, you can see the appeal, and and everybody, you know, is pointing out that's like a lot of people that made Chrono Trigger made this game first, and it shows. Mm. Uh, oh, that'll sell me that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you definitely see it when it's like, okay, yeah, obviously there's there's different time periods, but like the for the most part, the uh, chapters. I I'm I'm doing. I have the the far future one when you're in space as a little droid, uh, mm-hmm. which that one is starting to get really interesting. Hmm. Uh, that okay. one is that one. I I kind of have been avoiding because I saw that it was very text heavy and there was like not a lot of combat in it. So I was doing other ones first and I have the Wild West one, which I've also been avoiding because I've heard it's short and really fun. Uh, so that'll be like the last one I do. But I've liked all of them except for Prehistoria. Uh, the mm. prehistory gimmick is that there is no language yet. So all the characters like everything is being communicated with like little 
emojis like pictures and, and gestures and it just kind of got on my nerves after a certain point um but everything else has been really fun like the present day one is just like they put you into a straight up like street fighter character select you're just <laughs> it's just you're doing a series of boss battles and like learning moves oh, uh, to add to your character that's really fun the near future one was the most chrono triggery one to me uh because the protagonist had red spiky hair yeah. um <laughs> but it's also and it's just really fun and kind of absurd with where it ends up but yeah like nothing has been overstaying it's welcome maybe prehistory like a little bit uh because i just got sick of it like pretty quick but everything has been pretty much to the point like you know the the present day one unfortunately i went through in like about a half hour because it's just pretty quick Mm -hmm. uh but yeah and and, uh they're, they're all different they all have their own things going on it's just like just like a lot of cool like stuff to see and lots of different things to explore in those little chapters like there's still they still despite being compact they still for the most part have little side things to go and look at and like secrets to uncover uh to benefit you you know when all the stories converge at the end of the game uh, I, uh, this this is a weird uh <laughs> thought that perhaps the demo did a disservice to this one versus a service for at least like me (laughs) i think it kind of did just because Uh it it, for you know what little i played of it it just felt like it cut off things really abruptly Mm -hmm. um i i I don't know how to get around that like in a demo form unless they were just like here just play this one chapter just just do it right maybe maybe they should have just let you play through imperial china because then you kind of see you know choices you see the combat uh Mm -hmm. you you get to see a good swath of the game in not too much time that one's only like an hour and a half two hours i think that would have been better than just like oh you enter a door in edo japan and that's the end of that section like well okay fucking like like yeah yeah exactly yeah i can't i I didn't size but that's about it (laughs) yeah I, i didn't play the far future demo but like it would probably cut off right when things are starting to get interesting which is which is around where i am where there's like some space madness murder mystery maybe monster on the loose like it might be about to take a turn into survival horror i don't know uh but Uh, it's been fun and breezy and i've heard the total game is like 20 hours which is you know a decent decent length for an rpg uh and yeah so yeah i was getting through about like a chapter a week uh (laughs) basically with sitting down to play which is still only a couple hours but that's just playing on my lunch break so but i really like it uh that's been a lot of fun got things queued up but yeah mm-hmm. i've also i started horizon forbidden west oh, uh, okay. even though the first one wasn't my favorite <clears throat> i was like ah, i still want to mm-hmm. try this one yeah. uh and maybe be a bit more direct with just kind of getting through the story um because there's there's it's a big map mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. lots of stuff on that map that could just totally get lost in but I'm trying to stick to just the story and I've it sounds hard in that kind of game. <laughs> what? To mainline just the story. Yeah, in... It is. It super is. Cause it's like I have to go up this path to get where I need to go. But like there's literally, you know, there's I'm running into a, an encounter on the road. There's like yeah. something just off to the side here and just oh, off to the side there. So and it's like, well, if I interest. go do better equipment <laughs> and uh, and I like 
I, I think the thing, and it's been bugging me in this game, and it bugged me in the first one, where I something about the combat just doesn't click for me, where mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of other people really like it. Because all the combat is kind of based around, uh, you know, there's tons of, like, elemental affinities and weaknesses on all these robot uh, dinosaurs creatures that you're taking down. Um, oh, there's a question for Dave. I'll get to that oh, in a moment. All right. Uh, Oh, yeah, we've got some first-time chats in the chat. I wasn't looking hey. at the chat for a second. I'm, I'm not good at looking at both. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something i got to get good at. Um, yeah. Uh, the hell was I saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think people get really into, like, you know, these elemental affinities, and you got to, like, shoot different parts off the robots. Um, and there, there's different ways to restrain them and, and tackle them and take them down. I just feel like none of that shit ever works for, as well for me as it's supposed to. Hmm. Like, I, I do feel like in general, the, the robots just have more health than I th- feel like they should. It's like I shoot <laughs> off like a bunch of their stuff and I know they have weak points, but like I have trouble hitting them. Maybe I'm just bad at aiming. Uh, and sometimes you have to shoot off certain parts first if you want certain resources. And it becomes like a lot of work. Uh, you're, what you're telling me, what you're communicating to me is that this is not the kind of game I'm going to have the patience for. No, probably not. But I uh, I have done my, my new uh, maneuver in games is I just go in and I bump down the difficulty and then see if that makes it better. There you go. Uh, and I think that's going to make it better. Because then oh, I don't have move. Because when you... Mm-hmm. yeah i've heard that with the series yeah well it's like if you bump it down one then i don't have to worry about plinking things off of the robots to get the resources and i can just fucking fight them and kill them uh yeah. and then pick up all the resources off their body because it just does that on easy i do wish i don't know and maybe had some one of the cool things about last of us 2 is it had tons of difficulty options that you could set individually for how you wanted to customize the difficulty like how aggressive the enemies were how many like resources you found how much damage things do how mm. aware enemies are in stealth and each one had a slider like what you usually see for like graphics or sound yeah. for difficulty it's actually that I, I can't expect that for every game unfortunately i don't expect it for every game but i think it would be great in something you know something yeah. like this when there is so much going on and just like being able to get it just where it's like okay it's just the challenging <laughs> the ways that i want it to be where i want the combat to be interesting but i don't want to be like you know getting plowed over by robot saber-toothed tigers all the time and then having to like fucking i'm back at the campfire and i gotta get on my shit and ride back over i don't want to do that i don't want to waste my time but i do want you know a, a decent comic I'm, this is from you know some asshole who plays souls games which are really hard <laughs> yeah they, but I'm, I'm i'm just fascinated by this slider system just it you know it, as audiences want more and more stuff that's customized to them specifically mm-hmm. you know I feel like this would be a cool way to go. I'm thinking of like, for me, Breath of the Wild makes shit break less. Or <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, that any was a number of things. <laughs> yeah, that was something. Lots of that was. Most people that don't like Breath of the Wild hate that your weapons yeah. break all the time. That is their number one thing. So if you so, could just make it so they break less. <laughs> now I think the pushback against that is that you know at what point are you invalidating the designer's intent by catering to what your audience want you know like at, at what points are you at what point are you fundamentally changing the game uh but i think for the most part i feel pretty confident saying that like 
if you as a developer can easily put something on a slider, mm-hmm. yeah. if, if, if all you're affecting is like more of this or less of this, then that's probably, you're not probably not affecting the core experience. Yeah. You know, well, it's like, yeah, with Celeste, they have some really generous, like, uh, cheats in that game i guess i'll say where it's like oh you can just jump in the air and or you can dash infinitely or something like that you know mm-hmm. celeste is a pretty difficult precision platformer game and That's- the developers say like hey if you turn these things or i maybe i saw an inner in an interview i don't know if it's in the game they're like yeah. yeah you know if you turn these things on it's really not the game we made but it lets more people play it and because mm-hmm. of that my kid has played celeste through like a couple times and really likes it mm-hmm. uh and was very proud of himself that he beat it in a couple hours and i'm like well yeah dude you couldn't fail but <laughs> he, you know whatever he liked it yeah <laughs> he enjoyed the game I mean, it reminds me of mods on PC where I, I've had that thought, too, where I'm just sort of like, well, this isn't really this is a whole different game at this mm-hmm. point. But, I, you know, that that mm-hmm. different game appeals to people. Yeah. If, you, if, if more people get to play it. And that's why I've always kind of been in favor of like, yeah, sure. Add difficulty options to the Souls games. <laughs> I don't care. I am not like one of those people that says like, yes, you it has to be this hard or it's not the game. Like, no, you can turn on infinite health whatever then people can walk through and see the game yeah doesn't matter so yeah i'm having an okay time with forbidden west i'm not like it, it like dying to play it every night but you know I, it, it scratches the edge sit down like you know go do do a couple missions and uh the story seems bananas so <laughs> <laughs> did you see that that uh horizon zero dawn is getting an adaptation uh so i think i did yeah, Netflix is doing it. The I believe the showrunner from Umbrella Academy, which okay. isn't a show I really like that much, but <laughs> <laughs> like it's a whole different bag. So whatever. Mm. Sometimes that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, I guess I can. <laughs> hey, while there's a moment, what's the question for Dave? Yeah, I want to know. I'm Dave. Rando, Rando Bishead. <laughs> I'm gonna shut some windows while you do that. Hi, I'm Dave here to answer your questions. Yeah, well, we'll see if it shows up. I, I told him just to fire it into the chat, so we'll see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. They, they didn't just miss. leave their question. No, they just. They're just like, I got a question for Dave, and hello, Dave. Hello, Dave isn't really a question. Hi. But, Hi. Yeah. Anyway. Hello. Yeah. What midnight light? First time chat. That's like an old X Strike forum name, I believe. Uh, Pure blind gamer. Also, first time in the chat. Very hey, cool. Everybody. Relatively, relatively, relatively active chat tonight compared to what we have sometimes. That's great. But, well, geez, I feel yeah. I, know, I feel sorry that I'm so tired and uh, I feel yeah. like I have no energy. Well, I, I had I had two. I went to two parties yesterday and then walked around the zoo today instead of going into a dark, cold theater. Oof. A bonehead. I don't know. How I, got, I was just like, oh, I want to do stuff. Well, you know, summer is ending. <laughs> so I want to get out and do stuff with my kids. So I was like, oh, we haven't been to the zoo like all summer. Let's go walk around the zoo. And then he was like irritated because like we didn't <laughs> see the sea lions and the otters weren't out. And then like there wasn't much out in the rainforest area. And then so yeah, unpredictable. It, it is very unpredictable, which is why having a membership <laughs> uh, is nice because you go there and you see something different every time. It's like. I only see the main wolf in the winter, like when we go there uh, out and about. But otherwise, it's like very hit or miss. And, you know, the thing's weird because pandemic, I'm sure a lot had to change with what animals. Maybe they had to go to different places or mm. I don't know what. I hear I it was know. very hot today. 
I, I was down here in my studio working on music all day, but I hear it, it was. It yeah, it got pretty warm out. Got pretty warm out. But uh, our heat finally kind of broke, so that's why I was like trying to be outside. Mm. Okay. What, what was it? It was sixty-seven days above a hundred. So <laughs> here. Jeez. Uh, Fifty-one days without rain in a row. Oh god! Finally broke. So yeah. we had more rain in two hours than we had in two and a half months. Holy <laughs> shit! Jeez. Yeah, so I went out, ju- end of July was really bad. It was like over ninety every day, and then yeah, finally cooled off. But yeah, not not over a hundred. I mean, not New that. York hot is New York hot. I mean, like mm. blah 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 humidity, but like sometimes. Mm. It's just the worst there for that. Yeah. Felt like we just weren't turning the air conditioner off at all. Anyways, what else do people play? Oh, did you? Uh, oh, okay. So couldn't find question. Question has uh, not appeared. Or, or right. my chat's frozen, but I don't think it is. Yeah, I yeah. guess my transition off of kind of the the challenge gameplay side of things. I played the other two DLCs from Shovel Knight. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I only wrote King Knight. I forget what the actual name of the last one is <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. with basically King Knight. But I played Spectre Knight and King Knight. Uh, Spectre Knight, I think, is my favorite of the three. Yeah. Uh, and that one is, like, by far the easiest. Mm. Uh, but I really clicked with... Because all three have very different gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Um, and Spectre Knight is the... Uh, basically, you're slashing in the air to grab something, so it's basically like kind of a grappling hook sort of mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus King Knight is <laughs> is kind of is kind of a whittled down Wario where when you're in the stages and also a card game mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. And the Wario where or uh, not WarioWare, like uh, Wario straight up. Ah, <laughs> Wario no. Land. Wario so, Land. Where he's like rushing, bumps into something, oh, and yeah. that bumping into something pops him up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. Cause, because the last two games were kind of about throwing something that propels you up into the air, so I think they wanted something that was a little horizontal first. Um, and it's all right. The writing's great. The music's great. I just didn't love... The gameplay as much it just kind of like wasn't making me enthusiastic to play whereas specter night i would play a stage put it down and then the next day be excited to just hop in mm-hmm. and go through um and that one i just blew through so yeah i guess funny, me, i think the specter night one stood out the least to me um, yeah no i i think it did for most people and as i said like it's by far the easiest like i i went through it like super fast yeah um like I could see, you know, spec. Plague Knight was was really good as well. Like that yeah. one just had like a bigger learning curve. Yeah, because he he moves yeah. really weird. Uh, he moves really weird, and that game doesn't pick up until you start getting the uh, treasures or whatever yeah. the uh, yeah 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 the items that stuff. Yeah, I I mean I just I really like the the card game in King Knight. Go figure. So that was a it's triple triad, right? Yeah, I I, I remember the I remember the card game. I don't really remember much of anything else about that particular chapter. But see, that's that's where I was like, oh god, I got to play a card game every time. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah! I was blowing through every card game challenge as soon as it came up. Oh man, I got my ass handed to me the first time until I started like paying to cheat <laughs> or mm. whatever, but. But no, I mean, like, 
uh, I didn't get the, or I wasn't playing them when they they came out. But man, if if all DLC was like that, I'd buy more DLC. Yeah, they that's did. why they had to charge more yeah. for it. They went so overboard with it. <laughs> they yep. sold, <laughs> sold them as separate games because they were so involved. Because they were, for the yeah. most part. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, they were fully-fledged things. It wasn't just drop a character in and like, oh, the stages play different now, like Richter yeah. mode. It was like, nope, it's a whole new thing there i don't know what's going on with their new game i backed it on kickstarter yep, me yeah too. i did too I, uh... <laughs> the only one i've done in years at this yeah. point <laughs> it was the first one in a in a while for sure yeah uh mina the hollower is that it? Yeah. mina the hollower yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> castlevania Link's awakening sort of deal yeah. yeah if people haven't heard about it yeah i played uh pocket dungeon oh yeah that, How was uh, that? The puzzle game that's fun that's cool it's mm-hmm. tough it's you know it's obviously very different from shovel knight um did you guys see uh rift of the necro dancer yeah no. so i didn't watch the trailer for it okay. yet but i hear it's pretty cool i don't know what the hell's going on with it but it's like trying to parse it out it's like okay it has like the the track coming at you like a rock band game mm-hmm. but it also seems to have like elements of punch out and wario wear in it or not wario wear rhythm, rhythm heaven, heaven right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. well i guess by putting disparate elements together it becomes wario wear but yeah like rhythm <laughs> heaven and like fighting this boss looked very punch out with her like moving and dodging and i'm like what are you what's going on here uh so i'm interested yeah. to see what that is um i had a i had a hard time just getting down i have the zelda one <laughs> that is the one mm. i have uh it's super cool music's great i can't get fucking anywhere <laughs> i still haven't finished it somehow it's it's tough for me to sit down with a rhythm game because i have to concentrate and not be yeah. mindful of what a child is doing or at work when people just grab my attention whether i want them to or not well i really I, like I them one of those well it, it, it's because it's i don't know if i would call it a rhythm game as much as you know like a game that has rhythm, much like like Bit Trip, kind of like thing, mm-hmm. uh, in that it's like sometimes it feels like I'm fighting against it and want it to be more of a rhythm game, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. A little closer to the music, I I I think it was just like it was really hard for me to like split my focus between like oh these enemies are moving over here, I'm also trying to play the rhythm. That sort of thing. I tell you what, we the the original game is different enough that that mm. one might be your bag if you haven't tried it. Uh, like, okay, there is a there's a certain. It's been so long since I played either of them, but but movement right. is a lot freer in the Zelda one, whereas mm-hmm. you are far more restricted in terms of where and when and how you can move in the 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 original is I, I loved it. But I and I wouldn't necessarily call it a more uh, a smaller scale experience because it's really not. It's just way more deliberately like this is a roguelike like this is meant to be played in small bursts. You know, you you do a run and all of your movement is is through these caves that are more linear. You know, there's no big overworld to it. Yeah, that's the difference. It's a more it's a tighter, more focused experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to move. You have to like go through this overworld. So it's like when you beat every enemy on a screen, it's like okay, you can just go and off you go. It's been a while, but I remember being like, okay, where do I go now? Right. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. That problem doesn't happen in the original. 
Did, did you guys hear about lie the lies of P? The, what? Uh, no, what? I saw part of the. I saw the video, but I didn't. Okay. See it. What did, on did earth you, is that? You heard the premise of it? No. Okay. Well, the thing is, you would watch the trailer of this game, and, and look, Dave's Dave's looking up right now. Uh-huh. Go on, Dave. Watch it muted, and, and and maybe we'll talk about it in a couple minutes if you can tell me. I mean, watching it with sound would not tip off t- what the basis of that game is. Um, so we'll circle back to that in a moment. But now I have to think of some other Gamescom thing to talk about or something. I don't know. Just like, oh, wow, there was a bunch of announcements I didn't care about. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Gamescom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, Work Slack had a couple things. And I mean, like, I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it getting a game, uh, it's been weird the last two years. It went from super obscure to Spirit had a bunch of shit last year to this year. It's it it's basically like I think it's gotten to like Chucky level at least. That's like weird. I, yeah, it it's gotten elevated like real quick. Like it became a classic very very quickly. That's wild. Um, <laughs> that that style of game. Uh, I think I'm most interested in the Evil Dead one that came out this year. It feels like that one has the most options. Yeah, I feel make. like I heard okay things about that. But also, you know, I'm only child that doesn't really play multiplayer games that mm-hmm. often. Yeah, multiplayer is usually a yeah. turn off. It's like, ah, oh, God, really? <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, Killer Clowns is one of those things where, like, if it's on Games Pass or whatever, I'll play it, but I'm not going out of my way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what was that Dune game, and then something else? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember any of it. I don't think they showed off more. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what what have you played? Uh, the rest is kind of dabblings, but mm-hmm. let's see. I only got a couple others, but uh, weird transition to started Castlevania too. Oh, yay. <laughs> hey, how about I think that game? The I've gotten in that game thanks to the that lovely Castlevania collection that I keep like that. That's kind of like when I turn my switch on, like I keep going to play something else and then I'm going like, Oh, I'll play a little Castlevania too. Hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I'm mainly playing Castlevania too now. Hmm. Uh, I, I forgot that like regular Nintendo games, you can fuck yourself over uh, completely. And I did have to restart at one point because oh. the that was too tall. Mm. Uh, Huh. But the way that game works, I didn't feel like too bad, where I'm just sort of like, nah, I'll just grind a little bit. I forgot to buy the crystal at the beginning anyways, so yeah. that was that was where I was just like, oh, oh, oh. Make some safe like, I loved, <laughs> Well, I loved looking up a game fact, and they're like, yeah, the townspeople lie to you, <laughs> so don't trust them at all. Yeah. And I'm like, right, you could do that. You could just do that. Mm-hmm. Dave, what do you uh, got on The Lies of P? Um... Okay, so why are there all these uh, retellings of Pinocchio all at once, oh, all at yeah. the same time? Yeah. Is 2022 hey, hey, the year hey, of Pinocchio? Don't think the Del Toro one. Del Toro <laughs> one looks fucking awesome. That is like the movie I'm looking forward to the most this year. I'm not bad mouthing it. I just I think this is yeah. a particularly odd like case of parallel yeah. thought going on. Like, yeah. yep. Well, it was just the two, I think, but the Zemeckis one looks garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, Lies of you know Lies of P is also Pinocchio. Um, oh, yes. I didn't know that. Yes, that is that is also a Pinocchio game, but except you watch the trailer and it's Bloodborne. Right. That's, that's <laughs> what I... Well, that's why I was like... 
I kind of like watched part of the trailer and I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and for me, I'm just like, well, cool. I guess that's up right up my alley. <laughs> Do you yeah, know anything yeah. about this developer though? No, I don't. Neo is. Yeah. I felt like I heard something else, heard about something else they did, but um, yeah, I mean, maybe I, I play those games. I'm reviewing yeah. one right now. So maybe the lies of P will just like, what the fuck? Very I mean, it's a strange good title. Yes, uh, it does grab my attention. Yeah, Castlevania yeah, no, Two is kind of a primitive Soulsborne game, inscrutable, yeah, highly difficult. Um, Absolutely. I've got a couple of uh, ROM hacks of Castlevania Two sitting on my Raspberry Pi, waiting for me to test out that purport to smooth over that experience and make it a more modern, playable kind of situation. <laughs> Just fix some Did of the translation. Somebody was doing like a nice revamp of Harmony of Dissonance. I meant to look into further to no. make that more. It's supposed to be more playable, and also I think they were like doing a bit with the graphics. Um, um, I wish I had it? more info, but it it you know made me go, oh yeah, I wish that game was better. So I will play it if it's better. Uh, while Dave's looking at it, yeah, the only other thing I had, I was going between. Uh, either picking up Tony Hawk uh, on sale or Moon. Uh, I ended up with Moon. <laughs> How did I know? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I do this thing where I'm just sort of like, well, I'm going to buy the game that takes a lot of brain power, and then I get lazy when I actually like go to play a game, and I'm like, ah, I don't want to read all that text. <laughs> but I... I I enjoy the tone that it's going for, at least. Um, my biggest issue with the game: you can make you can make your character twice as slow if you include a run button. But just give me a run button. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm, it, it just feels like so slow when I'm walking around. It does feels like kind of a trudge. <laughs> so I would, I would a, a kingdom for for a run button, but yeah. <laughs> For this was weird. originally a pl- just for people that don't know. This was originally a PlayStation game that was only released in Japan back in '97, mm-hmm. and was uh, it was a big influence on Toby Fox for the development of Undertale. Yeah, this is, I mean it's billed as an anti RPG, which I, I you know is a good hook. Like it's still it's an RPG that's playing with the conventions, you know, mm-hmm. like fall falls into yeah, obviously Undertale Earthbound kind of uh thing where it's this game is like get gets the meta level of like there's a game and then you're the player playing the game and then you the player fall into the game sort of thing so that's that's the fun narrative hook is you kind of like exploring this game that's supposedly already in play Mm. Um, and that felt way more modern than like anything else that that felt a little I don't know, a half minute hero, I guess, to me, where it's just sort of like, oh, this is just in motion. And I'm just like walking around looking at the cogs kind of thing. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten like cogs looking at the cogs. <laughs> England cogs. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't gotten super far, so I can't can't say yeah. much about that but uh i'm just happy that a game like that exists you can yeah. just like buy an obscure japanese rp that's where i was just sort of like well if one of these two is gonna get my money 
I will give it to the one <laughs> that's, that's not published by Activision for starters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who then, you know, took the developer and folded it into Call of Duty support yeah. or Blizzard support instead of having them do the HD freaking Tony Hawk 3. 3. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> God damn it. Which they, they started working they, on. Oh, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no. Tony Hawk, uh, Tony Hawk himself was out there like, yeah, they were working on it. And then they got then they changed the whole thing, man. Just like, fuck. Yep. Maybe under Microsoft ownership, they'll parse those people out and uh, there go. Make Tony Hawk three HD, please, please. Or for me, like having three and four would be super. convenient. Yeah. I assume that's what they would do. But yeah, as I said, I mean, like. That was one of the things I did in pandemic through like lockdown was going through the Tony Hawk games because I never picked up three. So that was very fun to go through those. Oh, man. Again. <laughs> um, Dave, what you play? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, I, cool. I have not played awesome. it yet. I, oh. I deliberately played the new the four new Mario Kart courses with my kids the other night. Yeah. We ran through them once. They were fine. You mean eight of them? Eight of them. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's oh, what I God. mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they, I, were, I, I, they were a delight. I always, I always think it's interesting to see them adapt like old 2D courses to 3D or I don't know. There's varying levels of effort that go into that. But well, yeah, I, I tell you, I have n- zero memory of like those GBA courses. Yeah, yeah. those see, don't stand I, out to I, me I, at I, all. I think I played those more than you guys because I didn't. I didn't play the Super Nintendo, you know, mm. original to death. Mm. So like having the GBAs was definitely like a convention game for yeah. a lot was that, of times. I played the GBA one to death. I think I was just, it was, it's that sort of formative thing where the courses of the original game, because mm, I was yeah. 11, those are burned deep in my memory. Whereas I spent <laughs> hours and hours with the GBA game, but for some reason I, I'm, su- I'm surprised honestly at how much I don't recognize them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but they got they got Waluigi pinball in there. Which oh is, yeah, uh, they do. Just that's a great. fantastic, fantastic uh, course, and they got yes. that new one that's like desserts in the sky. Thought was pretty neat, oh, if, yeah, if a bit cute. short. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's just more Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, and more Mario Kart music, which yeah. helps me for someone that's not really playing Mario Kart. Yeah, I certainly listen to it. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Weiss, you've been keeping yeah. up with the Playdate releases. Uh, for the most, maybe not this last week, but mm. I feel like I, I tend to like test them out at least like once a week, mm. you know, uh, yeah. Which, which one's sticking with you right now? I, I definitely, uh, just, just fell off and like, just was just like, fuck, I, I keep falling behind. Uh, yeah. like I just like, I, I unwrapped like four of them in one day this past Monday. Yeah. Um, I did that but, last week too, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the stuff looks cool still, and, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to like get into it when I when I have a chance. Again, not a time at work when I'm just sitting around at my desk. But what the hell did I just play? Yeah, I, I, I like like there's a good variety of like different takes on like space shooter yeah. games with like Star Sled. You uh, like the Asteroids game? Yeah, the Asteroids game was cool, like the reverse Asteroids right. <laughs> game. Um, I like the I like the puzzle game in the circles. I thought that was very. Yes, cool. I've I played a ton of that one so yep. far. 
Yeah, uh, that one really right after it came out. Yeah, Flipper Lifter reminded me of like a Game and Watch game. What was the? Oh yeah, that's right. It's just yep. like the eyeball is is the title thing of. Uh, yes, that's why. A circle <laughs> game. Yeah, that's a really cool one. Um, but yeah, I haven't yeah. gotten to play like Zipper or uh, crap. What is it? Oh, the Zach Gage game that just came out. Snack. <laughs> oh. No, yeah. I don't know those. Yeah, I've missed those. I think. Yeah, that was. Oh, that you're probably about to. Oh, I thought you were on the same week as me. But I, either way, I am. I just haven't. Like, if I open it right now, it's probably there. Yeah, it's probably sitting there. Uh, still, still a neat thing to to whip out and play. Though, it has definitely caught me uh, how much how used to backlights I am. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> yep. Yep. I'll pull it out and I'll be like, oh, I'll be able to see that, and I forget like the need to have mm-hmm. a like you know, even though it has a very clear screen. Like, yeah, it's you know, you're not reading stationary text like you're following a game. So I still need like good light on it in order to really see what's going on. Um, Yeah. Like I don't have like I have a ceiling light in my bedroom. mm -hmm. So like I tried playing in bed once and I'm just like, it's not close, quite close enough. Uh, I want to give more time to the like more story. Yeah. There like. I, my big thing, I guess, like, yeah, the backlight and similar to the Switch, I wish that they would do Bluetooth for the headset, which mm-hmm. is uh, just for, like, if I'm at a, a, at a coffee house or, you know, even at work, like, it's kind of a pain because I want that audio. And those speakers are so good. Like, mm-hmm. the, like I just, I really like the sound chip in this thing. Um, and a lot of those games are dependent on it too. So yeah, some there was one I was trying to play. I think it was Echoic Memory, and I'm just like, I yep. can't fucking you do can't. this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one was cool. I like that mm-hmm. one. You know yeah, what? I did I, play I, something. What's I'm sorry if you guys are done. Just waiting for a moment. Sure, go on. Um, so uh, uh, we 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 took the kids to Vermont uh, a week ago. Spent Vermont. a week in Vermont. At uh, went to a ski resort and um, we didn't ski. They had summertime activities there, um, and 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 it was free because it's for a person I do voiceover work for. And they they, they oh, comped us a hotel free. stay. Nice. Um, yeah, and um, so uh, there was an arcade at the hotel, and we checked in at night, so we couldn't do the outdoor activities. And so um, the, the the kids wanted to play arcade games, and they had a. Uh, the Fast and the Furious cabinet. I believe one of one of the oldest in entries in this series. It was at least fifteen years old. This cabinet. I think you know. I, th- I think the date was like two thousand five. So it might have been the original Fast and the Furious game by Roth Rills. And damn it, it was good. Damn it, it was it was cruising. It was it was cruising blast. A primitive, you know, form of cruising blast. Yeah, it's all the elements were there, and I tell you what, I want nothing more right now than for Eugene Jarvis to somehow work at. A, he doesn't even need the license to fasten the fear because I understand that that would be problematic. So there has never the context is there has never been a proper home port of any of these Fast and the Furious arcade titles. They are all the basis for which their latest driving game, Cruise and Blast, the amazing Cruise and Blast on Switch, is based. Um, mm-hmm. and so I want all these old Fast and Furious games yeah. now. Their console ports exist, but they are not good. 
um, mm. reportedly. So I've been told. So I wish that he would be able to remaster these. And if he couldn't do it with the Fast and Furious license, just strip that away. Just make it a, just rebrand the tracks as cruising games. But just just give them a little HD up res. It wouldn't take much. They're still wonderfully playable. They're driving games. You don't need to do much. It's, it's probably the same engine that Cruise and Blast runs on. So mm-hmm. that's my wish for Eugene Jarvis to do. Please, Eugene, thank you. Well, I was, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten to see any of them. Somehow, uh, I will someday. It's it's intimidating in a Doctor Who kind of sense. <laughs> At this point, but uh, it struck me with the Fast 9 trailer, you know, the one with uh, giant magnets, that <laughs> there are some gameplay mechanics built <laughs> right into that movie, mm-hmm. you know, like a pinball game with where the, the where there's magnets built into the glass. So it picks the magnet. So it picks the ball up and plays with it. <laughs> or I don't know, like. It, you could have, like, such a uh, modern spy hunter, which is what my brain does, or whatever. It is it is an insanely game-etic <laughs> series. They should be doing way more with that. Mm-hmm. There, I'm kind of shocked there isn't a parallel in the way the Spider-Man has right now kind of series with them. Hmm. Kind of, kind of a lost opportunity, but I guess you know at least they get those arcade games. That's yeah. something, <laughs> and it's been out for so long. All right, all right, that's huh. it. Well, I guess that's it's time to talk good. about Nope. <laughs> so I'm guessing you liked it. Um, yeah, but you know, I I knew that we all saw it, right, Dave? You went to see it as well. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, so yeah, yep. we're gonna we're gonna talk about Nope freely here, listener right. or viewer. So uh, middle-aged white people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to talk about gonna talk nope. about yeah, there, themes there of the spoilers. black experience in Nope. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, like this is the weekend that people have been posting clips from Nope uh, like all over the place. So I feel like this, oh, is, really? this is about what people have opened up about it. Yeah. Stories out. Yeah. yeah. So just just in case, if you're spoiler sensitive on Nope, you can you can check out other podcasts now. We won't judge you. Um, but otherwise, yeah, let's nope and said, don't don't listen to a podcast. Go see Nope now. Yeah, go see Nope. <laughs> why'd you why'd you listen to this podcast instead of seeing Nope? Silly non Nope seer. <laughs> we should have led with go see Nope. Yeah, no, it was uh, on on my uh, birthday, which I took off from work. I watched mm-hmm. Prey and Nope. Um, <laughs> ooh, that's a good day. Yeah, it was it was it was a good day. Uh, yeah, I got it was a private screening of Nope too because uh, <laughs> no one else was seeing it. It nice. on a Friday. Um, just me in the theater. It was fantastic. Yeah, I only had a couple. I mean, like I, I've been trying to time out the least amount of people in the theater, and I have one mercifully close. I've been going back to Regal instead of Draft House for a couple reasons, but one of which is it's like across the street. Mm. Yeah, can't beat that. Yeah. So yeah, like I, like I, uh, yeah, I, I like Nope quite a bit and yeah as we alluded to earlier uh the movie is jaws uh, straight up is jaws it's like it's you go in going all right well there's going to be some jaws some close encounters probably mostly close encounters but it is beat for beat (laughs) in the most positive way yeah Yeah, i mean i didn't go in expecting it to be jaws i didn't i didn't know what the hell to expect uh 
because I just kind of saw like one trailer. I'm like, okay, just, you know, seems yep. like there's some alien thing going on and I don't really know how any of this makes sense together, but let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, about yeah, at some point partway through the movie, I was like, oh, this is, this is just Jaws. <laughs> 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 this is just Jaws. <laughs> I didn't even think about it until I was out, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, <laughs> yeah, going back and, uh, yep, I got to revisit Jaws. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was somewhere, uh, somewhere in the middle of it. Like I think it was like soon when, when you know, basically they they reveal that it is not a you know like spaceship. It is a creature. Then yeah. then it was like, oh okay, I, I <laughs> got it. So it's you'll you'll appreciate that I've been, uh, or I haven't in a bit, but I was going through Farscape recently. So like when it's like, oh, the ship is living, I'm just like, well, of course the ship is living. <laughs> I'm so used to living ships uh, right now. No, it's not a this twist. Come on. Wait, sense. Uh, I was happy that that was like the the middle of the movie kind of twist and it mm, wasn't yeah. like the ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. H- have you uh, have you looked at the the poster of Steven Yoon in the hat since you've seen Nope yet? No, I because, have not. No. So the hat is just a ship. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> but you never know. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, Yeah, really really enjoyed uh the score on this one. Um I think I think what people are posting the triumphant run on the horse uh a lot I've seen the last couple days which I was happy to be reminded of just like music kicks in, riding off sort of thing. Very triumphant the um i had like you know there was there was a, there was like three or four other people in the theater and like nobody was clicking with the sense of humor of the movie mm-hmm. which i thought was like a bummer and the only thing that they everybody agreed on the high fives like everybody goes nuts at the high fives rightfully so brother and sister slapping each other it's great yeah. triumphant triumphant moment but Scorpion King jacket? Come on. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that stuff's all pure gold. I, 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 there's, this has happened a couple times this year where I think people get so into the headspace of what movie was marketed to them mm-hmm. that they think, like, this is this is a serious, you know, especially after us, you know, this is going to be a serious horror movie. We're ready for it. So when, like... <laughs> when Steven Yoon gives a very Tarantino speech about SNL, you know, they weren't like ready for speech. it. And I'm like, yeah, I love, I love that. Where is that sketch? All of those people are alive. <laughs> <laughs> so where All does this, people, but, yeah. where does this movie sit for you guys uh, uh, co- compared to his other works? Well, I haven't seen us yet. So, oh, this, this is a clear, Clear number two, if I mean, Get Out is kind of a miracle movie to mm-hmm. me. It's it's kind of a different thing. Like if this was if he had only done this, he could retire and everybody would talk <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah. Like it's I loved I loved the movie. I, th- I think Get Out was just like a moment in time kind of movie. Oh, it just, yeah. You know, <laughs> It like it worked on. It shouldn't have been a first movie. Like us to me is way more of a first movie, and I, I think us still works in a in ways of a very talented filmmaker. I just thought he was putting more into it, whereas Get Out was 
you know, I think I said last time, it's, it's just, it's a focus movie. Like it has, yeah, uh, like one point it's trying to make and it makes it <laughs> sort of well, thing. So that's the thing is that Get Out is, uh, well, you, okay, yeah, Get, Get Out yeah. is just pure lightning in a bottle. It is like everything that it does, it, it excels at being a thriller that is also very pointed social commentary and all of those themes work in concert perfectly. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, whereas with us, there's, I think there's a bit of a disconnect. Like Mm -hmm. there is the thriller and it kind of makes sense. And there are the (laughs) social themes and those mm-hmm. kind of make sense, but they don't necessarily work in concert with each other in that perfectly synergistic way that Get Out just effortlessly nailed. And so the point where I was at with Nope is that, you know, I, I it's it's my problem more than it is his, because when I go to now I'm ready to go see a Jordan <laughs> Peele movie and I'm looking for the th- Themes. That's what I'm, I'm yep. looking for. The yeah, hidden yeah, theme, yeah. looking for the commentary, and uh, and so the whole time I'm sitting there in the movie, looking for like what does all this mean? And when it ended, so mm-hmm. there was so much dissatisfaction in the theater around me. Really? And at first, I was also like, I'm not sure exactly what we just saw yeah. because I'm not sure I caught the message. But that's my fault, uh, not his, because the first thing I thought of was, well, you know what? If Jordan Peele just wants to make a monster movie, he can just make a monster movie and it doesn't have to mean anything. <laughs> he has that. He loves horror movies. He can just make a monster movie. That's fine. Well, the thing is, there is there are themes. Oh, They're yeah. Just it, it took me a while. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. That's yeah. No. And I've heard that. You know, and that that's certainly valid, and it's it's something he's going to have to fight, and hopefully, no mm-hmm. kind of like might change that trajectory a little bit. But sure, it's it, you know they're, they're like, not right on the tip of your tongue as they were uh, with with Get Out and and it, with uh, us. Um, what it reminds me of now, um, mm-hmm. in seeing Nope, is it reminds me of the feeling, and and I mean this in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me of the feeling of seeing like an M Night movie. Um, I was just about to say that too. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody goes in it and this became a problem with his movies at certain points. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes in with these expectations of like, what is the twist? What is the twist? What is the twist? What is the twist? And then you start ginning things up in your head and then everybody walks out of every single movie dissatisfied. Um, whether that's fair or not, sometimes it's fair. Sometimes (laughs) not as much. Um, Though generally, you know, at his worst, I still find his movies interesting generally, other than Avatar, which was just bad. Um, Yeah, up until, I mean, like, we were, I know at least you and me, Tim, were were very into until at least, I mean, for me, it was The Happening was where I was done. Yeah, like, I I enjoyed The (laughs) Village, I enjoyed Lady in the Water, The Happening was... (laughs) And then Uh, Avatar was right after that, and that, that hurt. Well, the the difference is, I think, like, M. Night, as a filmmaker, has had a journey of eating his own shit for a bit versus, Mm -hmm. like, he he became, he had everybody telling him he was the next Spielberg, and Mm -hmm. he believed it. And Mm -hmm. I think Jordan Peele was kind of, 
I don't know if he was ready or if he just doesn't believe it. Um, oh, he doesn't believe it. That's, he, I remember seeing a very recent interview where he was like, don't fucking compare me to Spielberg. I'm not. Oh, no, no it was is. somebody was calling him like the modern John Carpenter. And oh, he was like, are, are you kidding me? No, get out of here. I felt, That's it. I felt bad for that because that was a cartoonist, Adam Ellis, who makes a fine, <laughs> fine webcomic. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, the you were trying to compliment <laughs> your idol and he squashed you. <laughs> mm. uh, I saw both sides of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it it is a good, and I'm hoping like this kind of ends that a little bit. Cause I think what I took away was like the, you know, the people that get hurt in the movie business. Um, and in this case, there is a racial side to that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as overt as, uh, the first two movies that were clearly about, you know, race. Yeah. Whereas I, I think like it's certainly built into it. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, yeah, you, you kind of had to finish the movie to dial back and like, think about it. Uh, a little yeah, I very much did. Yeah. 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 The only, and it's such, <laughs> because I like the movie so much, it's such a tiny little nitpick. The only thing I didn't like was the, Werner Herzog director uh, to me immediately going doing the thing I knew he was going to do which was to chase down the shot no matter what uh-huh. uh, I thought that came kind of out of nowhere where I'm just like ah okay that was where I was like oh this is the theme of the movie <laughs> okay well yeah all right well that's what I <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you you finished like, your own thought was, there well I was cool with the thought. I just wanted like a little, I don't know. Like to me, it was like kind of an obvious move, but again, like it wasn't, it wasn't the last thing. It wasn't like the, the period at the end of the movie. It was, I just wanted a little more time building up to him running for that. Yeah, Cause it was just like, they bring him back in and then he, he sings a song like Quint and then does yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well but I th- he's he's also yeah. see I, I i've seen a lot of criticism about like you know that he's this very sort of late game addition to the character roster um and um, that he 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 comes in to you know <laughs> chase down the monster you know get the perfect shot and die trying if he but yeah, yeah. but i think it it reinforces you know i i I am a big believer in the fact that the title of a piece of artwork is a a, a thesis statement in a way. And so I I had to really sort of stop and consider like, what, why did he choose this title? What is this conspicuous, this, the the conspicuous meaning of, of the word nope and its use in the movie and, and, and what does this mean and, and how it relates to you know what my, my the took the takeaway that i you know uh, uh had is is the hubris of of mm-hmm. um <laughs> the hubris of people with privilege thinking that nothing can happen to them thinking that they can tame nature that yep. they can yeah that uh, yeah. uh d- did he think he was going to die or did he think he would miraculously be saved or did he not care it doesn't <laughs> matter he was he, he he didn't nope it that there is a certain point yeah. of you know self-preservation and in fact respecting danger that you just turn away and say nope that colonizer yeah. that that and so I, Stephen I mean, Stephen well, Young's character like learned nothing of from right, right. yeah yeah well and that's 
uh, piggyback on like very similarly, my thought was like putting other people in danger, which is what that hubris is like doing, where it's just sort of like he's doing for his own hubris, but he's endangering everybody. And to mm. you know, like those like film set analogies were so perfect for that. It might as well have been, you know, uh, Alec Baldwin incident where it's, you know, right. putting other, you know, to, to say like a blatant modern one. Yeah. Uh, starting out with the horse and everybody ignoring the danger of the flash bulb in the eye, you know, yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and I guess my thing with symbolism is always like the movie has to work first. <laughs> like sure yeah yeah like yeah the, the and i think it does as a monster and, movie i think it yeah. works mm-hmm. yeah same like that's the thing is like you can walk out not care at all what the message is and still have a great time yeah mm-hmm. like i i want to say that i noticed the cinematography in the moment i think maybe i was mm-hmm. i was clued into the cinematography because i listened to an interview where he was gushing about the cinematographer that he got um, oh yeah, and uh, but but yeah, we so as soon as some of those wide open night vistas came on, oh. I was like, oh, this is why Weiss told me to see this in the theater. Mm. Yep, and those are, I mean, like that would be the only like close encountersy thing, but like, God, he just nailed that like that specific type of Spielberg, like that specific type of like mm. early Amblin, like you know, like. Like when you say Spielberg now, it encapsulates so much. And I think people kind of go to like the 90s stuff first, maybe at least maybe. like Jurassic Park. Yeah. You know, Jurassic Park hook. But like that date, that agoraphobic, <laughs> like, like those big shots were scary. And like, especially like here, you know everybody came out of the theater and like literally looked up <laughs> like it was cool to watch like teenagers awesome. out and up <laughs> like it's intimidating like you forget to look at clouds sometimes it, yeah. it, it did that beautiful thing where you're just sort of like oh yeah clouds <laughs> yeah you have to really look at it to see that it's not doing anything yeah. or not doing what it's supposed to right yeah. right yeah, I just realized that the uh, the TMZ guy that shows up at the end, like he he didn't nope, he just went for it. Yeah, and then he didn't nope, he didn't nope, <laughs> and, didn't and nope. of course, all right, and you know, like caveat, middle aged white man analysis, but <laughs> but I I as far as I could tell, it was very pointed that you know the the black characters know to nope, and the mm-hmm. uh, uh, non black characters don't and Stephen Ewan notably is sort of in this middle area where he has suffered and seen the consequences of not duly respecting danger but because mm-hmm. he sort of miraculously survived he's now got this kind of invincibility complex and has spent the rest of his life you know building up this wall of confidence about it um so mm-hmm. You know, and I uh, far far be it from me to make any kind of pointed statement about you know race relations between African Americans and Asian Americans, uh, which is its own deeply ingrained cultural history uh, that I don't really want to wade in. They fix it, fix it, <laughs> <laughs> fix all race relations in America right now. Um, but uh, uh, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else. No, there, there, there is a degree of, uh, you know, Asian Americans like integrating, I guess, with like traditional American white society more or being better accepted in some ways, sometimes, sometimes not. Yeah, right. But yeah, I, I think like big picture, I think this is the the fun and the danger but I think more fun because he's aware that he's he's in that camp that uh, Kubrick was in, where there's reason that there's documentaries about The Shining where people read way too much into it <laughs> mm-hmm. because they know that like so much of the movie is on purpose. You're like, right. oh, he put that there on purpose. He did this, he did that, and like sometimes that's left up to the audience. Sometimes it's not, and I, th- I think like that's the fun of. He t- he he's wrapped up the ends that he wants, but there's so much to read into and have fun with that isn't negating its own rules. So you can kind of take meaning out of it, whether it was oh yeah intentional yeah to, yeah yeah. I mean, well, I okay that Stephen Ewan I think is is has to got to be a very intentional choice. Like if you would cast a white actor in that role, it wouldn't have quite the same resonance there because there's, there's a certain pathos to the fact that as a minority, he was, you know, he suffered this thing and then was kind of disposed of by Hollywood. Not just Mm -hmm. that he was a child star. I guess you could have done that with a white child star, but it's, it's more poignant. I think because he is a non-white performer, um, that he sort of had, I didn't mean to whatsoever. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. But I, but I, cause I, I, I totally agree. And that's why his, Move films are works of art because they can become these these ink blots that you can examine and and see stuff that was completely non intentional. Um, yeah, because I I mean like I guess my first thought would be on like the story side where if Stephen Yoon was a white character, especially in the movie we're walking into, but in general you would be like, oh, they're the villain. Like you would, <laughs> yes. like my brain would immediately go to that. Yeah. Yeah. Versus he, he, he is the, the mayor of like, Amity Island. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Versus the most likable person on the walking dead, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> where it's like, and I think like in the back of my writer head was like thinking he was going to be like the big bad. Cause I'm just like, Oh, that seems like a red herring kind of guy. But yeah, I, I guess I was more thinking of like where that was going to go. Like, on plot side and all that shit. Yeah, well, I mean, as an actor, Stephen Ewan is so fantastic at at vulnerability. You know, mm-hmm. he's got that very, he lets you in and, and doesn't have to fake it. You know, if you, there's so yep. many other handsome young actors his age where you, you cast them and you look at them and you think, oh, no, of course, they're the villain, but not Stephen Ewan yeah. because he's just so effortlessly <laughs> affable and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's... You know who's the opposite of Stephen Ewan? <laughs> who's that? Matt Smith. Uh, I was just thinking of, well, because you look at that face and there is no way <laughs> that you think he's the hero. Oh, he's a bad guy. He's, yeah. he's the bad guy. <laughs> he's in a very silly wig tonight. Yep. Mm, yes, yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, yes, he is. Um, yeah, boy, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no I'm excited. Well, it'll come out. I'll watch that with the with the young sir. I'll, I'll have to assure uh, him like, hey, you know. Yeah. There will be a there will be monster. Yeah. And told, told Lauren it was it was definitely something she could watch. So I'll be watching it multiple oh, times. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure on because like the the actual like fire in the sky sucking you into the ship uh, section was definitely 
you know, a lot for some people. Mm-hmm. Just, it's awesome. <laughs> for me, that, that's how I put it. But, it uh, is, yeah, no, I really like that. Whatever artistic choice it is to just go right. sort of very abstract with mm-hmm. with that i think is 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 a, i know i understand it's a baffling choice for most general audiences but i think it's definitely more interesting than just cgi alien digestive system right no and and it's weird that like i don't know there there was a a a large amount of people that had issues with it be like the ship being cg and people were very vocal about the the CG and prey recently. And I'm like, are you, did you just discover CG yeah. <laughs> right now? I mean, like I, we're all pretty picky, I, I, especially like our age. I think we are particularly mean about CG and I had mm. no issues either. Like, uh, yeah, the things that let prey do and nope as well. Like, one of the things I like the most about the ship, and I really like just the ship itself, is the way it moved like a balloon, which mm. would have been like really, really hard to do. Uh, practically. And also, yeah, practically. And also, I just felt like, I don't know, <laughs> there, there was, I wouldn't be surprised if they used Flight of the Navigator as kind of uh, I saw that too. inspiration for that ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. That made me happy. I mean, like, I kind of expected the steps to come down in that fashion. And it was close. Um, wonderful uh, use of Keith David being oh, yeah. wonderfully naturalistic yeah. and also, like, being an actor that being, you know, an, an older actor so that there are actual younger pictures of him, you know, mm-hmm. on film sets <laughs> that you can decorate the house with. Inspired mm-hmm. well, idea. I also- I also I was just sort of like kind of like Tony Todd, where it's like, oh, we pick the actor with the most beautiful voice that you won't forget when we bring it back in voiceovers later. <laughs> where it's just sort of like, oh, of yeah. course, let's keep. It. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, I was. I think that about does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've hit our two-hour allotment, two-hour right. quota. No more podcast for you. Let me rip that spoiler thing. They never showed up with that question. No, but it was it for was- me. No. Yeah. No. Yep. Sorry. Yep, Maybe next time. All right. Yeah. Next time, just like like type your question. We'll get to it. Just get out there with the question. We'll yeah, answer it. Trying. Yeah. yeah. All right. But yeah, that's gonna do it for the show for this month. We'll be back uh, in yeah. September. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Why Wish not? us luck with the school year. Yeah. My God. At least the beginning of it. Just <laughs> get me through those first few days. <laughs> get me through next Wednesday. I get through next Wednesday school year, then I go to see AEW Dynamite <laughs> that night. <laughs> and then everything will be right in the world. Don't watch it on the TV. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.